Hi, it's Pete Norset here, and welcome to another Trade on Sports or Focus on Football Betting Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by Jimmy Kempton. How are you doing, Jimmy? Yeah, good, thanks, Pete. Is this third time lucky we're battling the Gremlins this morning, aren't we? What's going yeah. on? Yeah, I don't know. It must be... Uh... I don't think it's the I don't think it's the Peterborough Wi-Fi. I think it could be the off we go, off we go, your dodgy fifty p blooming plus net Wi-Fi or whatever it is. I've got strong BT internet here, mate. <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, we were saying that I, I, on the first attempt to record this, uh, you know, with our bet, bets of last week, we, you know, we we're disappointed with West Ham. I I, I thought they, you know, that they would they would overcome Bournemouth, but Bournemouth seems to to be playing very well, don't they, at the minute? They do, and uh, I do think it probably, once again, emphasises the benefits of using the Asian handicaps, because, you know, we, we, we took West Ham, so you did sort of minus quarter of a goal, didn't you? Well, scratch. scratch. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. right. Okay, because it, it hadn't been quarter of a goal earlier in the week, um, and then moved on to scratch. But, but instead of, you know, having a loser, people either had a a half loss or have the stakes returned using the Asian handicaps. And yes, you do get the, obviously the extra returns on those outright bets. But I do think once again, it emphasizes really the way you can utilize Asian handicaps to, to your best advantage. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I think I've, I, 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 as we start on Saturday lunchtime, I think I've got another one here. Everton against Spurs, uh, Recent head-to-heads, Everton have won naught. There's been six draws in, and, and two uh, Spurs wins. The the line is scratch. Uh, when scratch, Everton's record reads 1-4 draw, 1 loss, 5. They come off a uh, 0-0 draw away at Fulham. Spurs, when they're away off scratch, not a brilliant record. They've 1-2 draw and 4, lost 4, come off a 3-2 victory at home to Brentford. Three or more goals have been seen in 12 of Spurs' last 13 matches. Scratch, 265 matches, 85 home, 84 push, 96 away. Very good value, Spurs, my ratings are suggesting. Yeah, and, and so much so that the line's trended in now, Pete, I think, to sort of minus a quarter. All um, right. But you'd still be able to get Spurs uh, off scratch at, 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 you know, a relatively good level. Now, I'm going to come on to this a little bit later in the podcast where there's a little bit of additional rest, but... Everton have had an extra day to prepare for this game. They played Tuesday, whereas Spurs played Wednesday night in that feisty game against Brentford. Players won't have got home until gone past sort of midnight, Thursday morning. And they're allowed to travel up to Merseyside for this early Saturday lunchtime kickoff. I've, I think that's a, a bit of a... Well, I want to say a warning time, but it's something you need to be really wary of because we know the way... Spurs play, they'll take a lot of chances. They'll invite Everton to press them on. And that's one of the few things we always say about these early lunchtime kickoffs on a Saturday. Sometimes they can be slow burners, but I don't think the way Spurs will approach this game will allow it to be. I think this will be a, a proper cauldron from the start. And we saw that the high pressure tactics that Brentford put on Spurs in midweek really, you know, put Spurs under a lot of pressure. Got an interesting stat here, Pete. I rave about Benson Kerr in the in the middle of the midfield for Spurs. He's back now after a bit of an injury, um, been sort of eased back in, and now he's playing regularly. When he plays, they average one point nine four points a game. When he doesn't play, they average one point six one points per game. He's a real sort of luxury player in there who really does perform. 
Spurs have only lost one of the last 10 meetings of the sides. I think it's going to be an open game, Pete. The goal line's set at three. I certainly wouldn't be taking the under. And for the purposes of the podcast, I'll probably take a little bit of the over. Right, next up, uh, Brighton against Crystal Palace. Uh, recent head-to-heads, Brighton are 1-2. There's two. been two draws, Palace are 1-2. Minus three quarters to handicap here. With minus three quarters, Brentford's record reads 1-5, drawn two, lost three. Three of the five victories by two or more goals, coming off a, a poor 4-0 defeat away at Luton. Palace, uh, when they're plus three quarters away from home, 1-2, drawn two, lost six. Four of the six defeats were by two or more goals, coming off a, a, a tight 3-2 victory at home to Sheffield United. Brighton now not scored in three. So this is very unlike Brighton, really. Minus three quarters, 233 matches, 76 homes, 62 half win, 95 loss. So 107 plays, 95. Very small value, Brighton. And, and it is the smallest of value. I, I would tend to disagree, though, in terms of the smallest of value, Pete. I'd want to be back in the away side on this line. Um, I, when, you, when you drill down into the stats, Pete, Brighton, the last 16 Premier League games, they've gone three, eight and five. On the minus three quarters of a goal line, they've only fully covered this handicap line once. They're in terrible form. And I think it's this sort of deserby perception of greatness. And I'm not saying he's not a great manager and coach. But there's really an aura around Brighton at the moment that, that isn't really justified. As you say, they've struggled to score in recent games. And when they've played each other in recent seasons, Brighton have failed to score in the last three meetings of the teams. Now, we can talk about Palace scraping that 3-2 home win over Sheffield United, but the twice came from behind. So even if they do fall behind in this game, they will have belief from the recent performances that they can get back into the game. I think I'm, I'm probably not going to take it as, as a as a podcast bet as such for at the end of the pod here, Pete. But certainly for me, all the value is with Palace plus three quarters. Next up, uh, Burnley Fulham. Uh, and there's some interesting stats here. Burnley Fulham, uh, recent head-to-heads, uh, Burnley have won one foot. Uh, there's been one draw, Fulham not one. Uh, when plus a quarter of a goal, Burnley's record, I'm really surprised that he's, we've run naught, drawn one, lost nine, come off a 3-1 defeat away at Man City. Fulham, when they're minus a quarter away from home, only twice, and they drew both games, come off a 0-0 draw at home to Everton. Fulham have not scored in five of their last six, they're not finding the net here. Plus a quarter of a goal, 340 matches, 140 home, 96 half win, 140 loss, so that makes 152 plays, 140. Very small value, Burnley, despite those... uh, that home record? Well, I mean, this is the worst home record in the league against the worst array record in the league. Burnley have gone 1-1-9 and on home soil. Fulham have gone 1-3-7 away. And they've only scored nine times on their travels. Um, at first glance, I was thinking here, let's try and find a way to take Fulham on. Even at scratch, I was thinking, I'm not quite sure I like this bet. And then it's trended to Fulham minus a quarter. I'm like, crikey, I've got to take, um, I've got to take Fulham on here. But I found a real telling stat here. And I, and I do think we can sort of say Fulham are, I won't say an established Premier League side, but I would say they're a, you know, a mid third sort of place team. Those sorts of sides that reside between eighth and 14th in the table. And newly promoted sides who also finish in the bottom of six of the table. And I think that's where Burnley will end up 
at the end of the season. They win just 18% of games against mid-third place sides. The away side win 58% of those games. That suggests, you know, all being equal, all things equal, Fulham should be about 1.74 for this game and a minus three quarters of a goal favourite. Now, in no way am I saying Fulham are a really strong side who should be sort of minus half a goal or greater in this spot. But I'll tell you what, Pete, those long-term trends have really put me off back in Fulham here and I would lean towards the home side. Right, uh, Newcastle, uh, Luton, next, uh, minus one and a quarter goals to handicap. Recent head-to-head, uh, sorry, uh, there's been no head-to-heads uh, at Newcastle uh, recent years. Uh, when minus one and a quarter, uh, Newcastle's record reads 1-3, drawn two, lost one, two of the three victories by two or more goals. Come off a 3-1 victory away at Villa, very good win that is for Newcastle. Luton, uh, they haven't been plus one and a quarter away from home, but a good 4-0 victory they're coming off at home to Brighton. Three or more goals have been seen in seven of Newcastle's last eight, minus one and a quarter goals, 101 matches, 47 home, 29 half lost, 25 lost, so that makes 47 play, 39 and a half value Newcastle, my race is suggesting, and I was was a little bit surprised at that. Well, I'll probably be on the other side of the fence again to you, Pete. I mean, this line opened one and a half, and I was really kind of attracted to it at that level. Now it's trended down to one and a quarter. My appetite to back Luton has really diminished. I mean, in terms of them as a betting proposition, they've been a real handicap treat for betters all season. They're yet to suffer a handicap loss at home. And at the beginning of the season, Pete, I think we all both sat here and said, crikey, how are Luton going to score goals at this level? Well, they've done it quite easily at home. And even on the travels where newly promoted teams traditionally struggle to find the back of the net in their first season... They've got 11 in 10 games. And we've seen the way that Newcastle haven't been as sturdy in recent games, especially at home. They conceded three to Man City last time out uh, in front of their own fans. They they allowed Forrest to score three. I think it was Chris Wood. Did Chris Wood get a hat-trick that day or was that a different game? Anyway, but they still conceded three to Forrest. So I can see Luton finding the back of the net here. And with that in mind, Pete, I think Newcastle will probably win the game, but I think it'll be open and entertaining. Big lean to the over three goals for me here, mate. Sheffield United, Villa next. Um, recent head-to-head, Sheffield United won both of the matches, actually. There's been two games from Sheffield United won both. So that's, that's a, that, again, is a, a little bit of a shock here. The line's moved. I've done this stuff for off plus one goal, but it, it's still fairly valid here. Um Sheffield United um, when plus one goal, 1-1 one, one draw, not lost three. Two of the uh, three losses were by two or more goals. Come off a 3-2 uh, defeat away at Palace. Villa, they've never been minus one away from home uh, in all these seasons. They're, they're uh, coming off a 3-1 defeat at home to Newcastle. Sheffield United conceded at least two in their last four. Plus one goals, 191 matches, 64 home, 56 push, 71 away. Very small value, Villa. But now it's um, minus three quarters of a goal. I would say there's a little bit of value, Aston Villa. Well, I'm going to take Sheffield United plus one goal here, Pete. Um, I'm going to buy that quarter of a goal. You can get, you still get Sheffield United about 1.8, so four to five, plus a full goal. I'm not sure we can trust Villa on the road after that disappointing home loss against Newcastle. I mean, they are only four, three and four season long. And uh, did you see Chris Wilder's interview in midweek? No, I didn't. 
Oh, check it out. But have you ever been offended if, if a man's been eating a sandwich in front of you? <laughs> it's one of the funniest things ever. I mean, this bloke is trying every last trick in the book to get, you know, a performance out of his side. I mean, it'll either go completely wrong or it'll be a, a genius masterstroke. But it is quite funny, to be fair, looking at Chris Wilder. You don't want to blame officials. But then he goes on to have a five-minute rant where he blames officials. Um, I just don't know if we can trust Villa away from home now. They A few weeks ago, we were talking about a title bid. We are talking about them, you know, really maybe finding a way to keep deep into this title race right until sort of March time. They're slipping away. They're eight points off the top of the table. We know they're not going to win the league. You know, they've got Chelsea, I think, in midweek, haven't they, in that FA Cup replay. Yeah, yeah. I really think they could look past this game, you know, Pete, and maybe have one eye on that. So, with that in mind, I really like Sheffield United plus one goal here. You've got to be a brave punter to make it, but sometimes the worst bets or the hardest bets to make are the best bets. So, yeah, give me Chris Wilder's men and I'll be eating a sandwich whilst I watch it. Next up, we've got uh, Bournemouth against uh, Nottingham Forest. Uh, recent head-to-heads has been one match, and that was a draw last season. Bournemouth, uh, when they're minus three quarters, uh, one four draw and one lost not. So that's not a bad home record there. Three of the four victories were by two or more goals, coming for one old draw away at West Ham. Forest, when they're plus three quarters, one naught draw and one lost six. Only two of the 60 feats were by two or more goals, coming off a 2-1 defeat at home to Arsenal. Three or more goals have been seen in Forest's uh, last five matches. Minus three quarters, 233 matches, 76 home, 62 uh, half win, 95 loss, 107 plays, 95. Despite Bournemouth's recent good form or whatever, my rating suggesting some good value, Forest. I, I agree, Pete. I'm going to take Forest plus three quarters of a goal here. And I mentioned right at the beginning of the podcast about rest. Forest have had two extra days rest ahead of this game. Bournemouth played in the capital. So I'm not too sure of their travel plans, but I, you know, game finished at what, sort of half past nine or whatever. I doubt the Bournemouth players got to bed before sort of 2am. And even then they'll probably awake, probably still buzzing from the rigours of that game. Whereas Nottingham Forest were probably in bed by half 11 on Tuesday night after that Arsenal game. And it will also give Nuno a couple of extra days from a tactical perspective. I think this is a really good bet, Pete, here. Now, I know the recent head-to-heads, Bournemouth have, have won two and there's been one draw over this season and last. Both teams to score has landed in each of those three games. I mean, the the one positive coming out of that sort of Thursday night performance for Bournemouth in terms of like, like you know the lack of rest is a positive result at West Ham. So, it won't be like they're tired and they're dejected. It was a good result for them. But I really think... In these sorts of games, bottom half teams, I really think the rest factor is is a huge thing. So, yeah, give me Forest plus three quarters of a goal. Chelsea Wolves next. Um, recent head-to-heads, uh, Chelsea have won two. Uh, there's been three draws. Wolves won not. In fact, Chelsea have not lost in 10 home games against Wolves in all competitions. Um when it's minus one goal, Chelsea's uh, record reads 1-5, drawn four, lost one, but only one of the five uh, victories were by two or more goals. They're coming up a 4-1 defeat away at Liverpool. Wolves, 
Uh, when they're plus one goal, one one drawn three, lost six, five of the six defeats were by two or more goals, coming off an incredible four three defeats. Um, at home to Manchester United, minus one goal, two hundred ninety two matches, hundred fourteen uh, home, seventy five push, hundred three away. My rating is suggesting good value Wolves. Yeah, so do my eyeballs, Peter. I've watched both teams recently. If you look, I've got the league table up in front of me, Pete. If you look at them. If you look at the league table, they're basically identical teams. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that separates them is their names and their, you know, quote-unquote star players. This was just Team A against Team B, Pete, looking at the stats. Yeah. It'd probably be half a goal there. Um, Chelsea are, you know, they're, they're not a good side and... There's a little bit of friction growing between the supporters. You know, that was a poor showing, really, in midweek away at Anfield. And I, I really doubt it's, it's the sort of performance where the Chelsea fans will turn up on at the weekend on Sunday afternoon. And I'm not convinced they'll be really behind Chelsea. I mean, obviously, they won't be against them from the start. But, you know, this is a real opportunity for Wolves to really turn the crowd against them early. I mean, Chelsea are unbeaten at home since the end of October. And as you say, they've got a very good record against Wolves, you know, on the head-to-head meetings. But yeah, I've got to take Wolves here, plus a full goal. Next up, uh, Manchester United against uh, West Ham. Recent head-to-heads, Manchester United won five. There's been three draws. West Ham not won. Uh, minus three quarters, the handicap here. With minus three quarters, Manchester United's record reads one eight, drawn one, lost one. Good record there, really. Four of the eight uh, victories by two or more goals come off the 4-3 uh, victory away at Wolves. West Ham, when they're plus three quarters, one, two, drawn one, lost seven. So that's a fairly poor record. Five of the seven defeats by two or more goals come off a one-all draw at home to Bournemouth. West Ham drawn their last three. Manchester United have only lost once against um, uh, West Ham in 21 matches. Minus three quarters, uh, 233, 76 home, 62 half uh, win, 95 loss, 107 plays, 95. My ratings, despite those facts, my ratings are suggesting the values with the hammers, but, you know, I, I, looking at those basic facts, you'd say that Manchester United will win this game. Well, it's very interesting, Pete, because... Historically, David Moyes' men are not very reliable in this spot. Away to top six finishing sides, they've gone 1, 2 and 19. If you downgrade Manchester United to just a top half finishing side, West Ham are still only 5, 4 and 26. But but they're historic stats, Pete. And this season, West Ham have already won at Arsenal and Spurs, as we know. Mm. So have they turned the corner? in this spot and are they suddenly do we just chuck some of those stats out the window in terms of you know look at the recency bias in some ways you've got to respect Man United for surviving that late wobble at Wolves to win 4-3 and West Ham did let us down in midweek you know when they were held to that 1-1 draw with with Bournemouth I do think Pete again the, the Asian handicap here plays into this with this being three quarters of a goal Pete who do I want to be on? Do I want to be on the side of West Ham sort of getting something from the game? Or do I want to rely on Man United to win the game by two clear goals? I think I'm going to rely on David Moyes' men more to get a point here. So I'm going to lean towards West Ham yes. for three quarters. This is the thing with the, with the handicap, isn't it? Like you say, it, you know, on the face of it, Manchester United look a reasonable 
bet, but then you've got to go, are they going to cover that handicap? Yeah, and I, and I I don't think we've really seen much all season, you know, to, to trust Man United to beat a half-competent side by margin, really. Next up uh, on Sunday, good-looking game, Arsenal against Liverpool. Recent head-to-heads, uh, Arsenal 1-2, there's been three draws, Liverpool 1-3, minus quarter goal here. With minus quarter goal, Arsenal's record is not bad. 1-5, drawn four, lost one. Come off a 2-1 victory away at uh, uh, Forest. Liverpool, when they're plus a quarter away, 1-2, drawn four, lost four. Come off a 3-1, sorry, 4-1 victory at home to Chelsea. Liverpool not lost in 14. Minus a quarter goal, 589 matches, 243 home, 176 half loss, 169 loss. So that makes 243 plays 257. My rating suggesting value Liverpool. But the, the when you look at the sort of the head-to-head sort of matches when they they're at play similar opposition, you, you probably wouldn't be backing Liverpool, but you wouldn't really be backing Arsenal either. I, th- I, think, I think this could be a draw, to be honest, but I think the values with the away side. Well, I think probably... Even more so than saying the values with the away side, pay. I think you probably what you probably really mean is the values with the underdog. Yeah, and 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 I'm a bit surprised, really. I mean, well, I was totally surprised that this line opened minus half. Yeah, yeah, I was as well. It was it was crazy. And now whether some of that was factoring in Arsenal having an extra day to prepare, but if that would have been more of a reasonable sort of explanation if this game was like the Saturday tea time game, but it's Super Sunday. So I don't really see the uh, Tuesday, Wednesday to a Sunday being that much of an advantage really for Arsenal here. Um, Liverpool crushed Chelsea 4-1 in midweek. Um, I'm, I'm sure that's probably why this line has crashed down to minus a quarter with actually Liverpool favoured on the minus quarter of a line. Now, they have been, I won't say dominant, but they've gone 6-3-2 and two in recent meetings of the teams, but they've failed to win any of the last three meetings of the sides. That said, though, on this plus quarter of a goal line, they don't need to win the game for you to cash your ticket, albeit only half a win you'd get if the game was a draw. Um I think, Pete, I would just back the underdog in this game because, as you say, I think the, the the chances of a draw in this game are quite high. And when you look at the league table, I think both teams would probably accept a draw. If you, I know all the managers will come out before the game and say, yeah, we want to win this game, blah de blah de blah They'll both take a point here, I think. I think both managers would see a point as a good result from this game. Next up, we've and finally on Monday we've got Brentford Man City, and this this looks uh, you know quite an entertaining game. I would say uh, Brentford have won one, Man City have won one, plus one and a quarter goals. Uh, Brentford haven't been plus one and a quarter goals at home uh, since joining the Premiership. They've come off a three-two defeat away at Spurs. Manchester City were minus one and a quarter away, one seven drawn, one lost two. Only two of the seven though they covered the handicap. They're coming off a 3 1 uh, victory at home to Burnley. Three or more goals have been seen in Brentford's last five, plus one and a quarter, 49 matches, 15 home, 21 half win, 13 loss. So a big 25 and a half uh, to 13. My race is suggesting the value is with the home side. It wouldn't surprise me if the home side do well here. Well, it somewhat surprised me to see the match line trend up to one and a quarter here in City's favour from the initial opening line of one. And that came after. Brentford's loss at Spurs and I and I do wonder if some of that 
is because of the sheer openness of that game and punters and you know professional betters and bookmakers looking at it going crikey if Brentford play like this high press against Man City like they did against Spurs they might get destroyed here but we all know that Thomas Frank is a very tactically astute manager and he has individual game plans for the different oppositions that they face and I think we all know that he won't employ those tactics against Man City. Maybe very small portions of the game where they might go full press to try and win the game, uh, to try and win the ball back high up the field. But they won't do that on mass continually like they did on Wednesday night. It'd be suicide, and Thomas Frank is far too good of a manager to do that. So I think there's been a little bit of an overreaction really here. I mean, in thirty-eight percent of this game, thirty-eight percent of games in this spot. City cover a full minus one handicap. They're 15 and 13 with 12 pushes away to mid-third finishing sides. I think this is a really finely balanced game, Pete. It wouldn't surprise me if we're at, for, for once we see an unders goal ticket cash here because I do think Thomas Frank will be far more reserved in his tactics than what we saw on Wednesday night. Right. Uh, so, so what are you going for there? Then you're going for. A, I'll go. A... Under, I'll go under three goals there, Pete. I'll, yeah. I think it'd be a lot tighter than people think. And like you say, it wouldn't surprise me if Brentford put in a real strong performance. Now, um, do we mention the next podcast? Oh, uh, I'll be recording it on on location somewhere. Shall we say? <laughs> Yes, shall we reveal that on the day? Yes, I'm going away for a short break. It's very much needed. I've not had holiday in, what, seven years, Pete? Crikey. Well, I had a few years off and then COVID got in the way and I've not been away since. Yeah. Uh, right, let's have a look at the, the bets here then. It's, you know, I, I, I'm going to go for three here, I think. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to buy the extra quarter of a goal. I, I, I think there's good value Spurs away at uh, Everton, so I'll go Spurs off scratch. I'm going to go Forest plus three quarters of a goal away at Bournemouth and Wolves plus one goal away at Chelsea, all for two points. Oh, crikey, bit of a stuck record here, Pete. I think I'm stuffing. I'm going to have to go for two points on all three of these bets. I'm going to have to load up. I'm taking Forest plus three quarters of a goal, Wolves plus one goal and crazily I'm going to take on the being on the side of the sandwich haters. I'm going to take Sheffield United plus one goal at home to Villa. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's uh, how we've come up with these. That the, you know, there's like I say, Forest away at Bournemouth and Wolves away at Chelsea. There. Yeah, yeah I, I just think there's there's some good value on these Asian lines. These games, some of these games, I think are going to be much tighter than the bookmakers expect, and that's where the Asian handicaps can really. Really, yes, it, 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 and it's interesting. Like that, like, like I say, they, they you've got to be sort of careful. You know, when the bookmakers, like, like maybe that West Ham game last night. You know, when they're they're, they're scratch or or whatever, you're thinking, yeah, they're, they're a good bet. It's like Manchester United here at home. You know, to West Ham minus three quarters. You think, yeah, Manchester United are going to win this, but you know, it's. They, 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 it's, they lure, it's, you know, they lure you in, don't they? Attempting you in, Peter. They're hitching that skirt up, asking yes. you to enter. Yes. Right, we shall be back uh, around about Thursday next week. And um, have a good week, everybody. Best of luck, everybody.